You're listening to a podcast from Billingshurst Family Church, a radical church family in Billingshurst and beyond. For more information and media content, please visit www.b-f-c.org.uk or connect with us on Facebook. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Billingshurst Family Church. It's great to be able to speak to you this morning. Uh, my name's Craig, and I head up the leadership team here at BFC. I have a question for us to answer this morning. Two questions in one. What is family and what is it for? That's what we're going to look at today. When I was growing up, we were a really tight-knit family. Yeah, primarily, it was my mum, my sister and me. Um, and uh, you know, my, my stepdad was around for some of the time. And I, I, never, I have no memory of my mum and dad being together. Um, but I, through my childhood, we were a great tight-knit family. I had a good relationship with my dad as well. And um, we were a strong family. We cared deeply for one another. Um, and we always knew that if something happened, we'd, we'd fight for the other. We, we'd support one another. Um, oftentimes, being my family, the, the idea of fighting for some, one another was sometimes we were thinking a little bit more physically than, um, than verbally. But fortunately, we never encountered a situation where that was the outcome. Uh, you know, defending one another and looking out for one another was a key value of our family. It was vital. And for most of the time we, that we defined ourselves as a family unit, we were a strong family. It mattered how we spoke to each other. It mattered how we represented the family to those outside. And my mum really worried about that. That was a really important thing for her, um, uh, how we represented the family. You know, it's, she enjoyed, she loved hearing how good we were. You know, your children were so well behaved today. And there's my mum there, big beaming smile on her face. Yes. Um, and typically, we were probably the worst behaved when we were around her. Um, my sister, anyway. Obviously, I was great. Um, sadly, there's a bit more reality to that than you might expect. Um, I love my sister. You know, I, but I, I didn't have a perfect family. I still don't have a perfect family. You know, we were and still are family, though. And that matters. That's what matters. We're still family. You know, the dynamics change. You know, I've got my own family now. Um, but we still look out for one another. We still love one another. When I became a Christian, I later joined the church. I became part of another family. And I, I didn't realise it at the time. Um, you know, when I became a Christian, when we become Christians, we become part of God's Family, and it's an amazing thing to be part of God's family, but I didn't realize it, I didn't get it. Um, you know, my perception of the church, you know, I came to faith outside the church. My perception of the church was this, this dead institution that was just doing what it did, uh, you know, just dead religion. And it, I felt like it was just me and God, it was only me and God who really understood this relationship, it was only me and Him that were part of this family. And what I later came to realise was that there were other believers. There were others who had been born again, like me, who'd known a renewing, who'd known a change in their lives, had known the work of Jesus in them. And Jesus still does that work, which is amazing. And it's great that as a church, as BFC, we can know, we can bear witness to the work that Jesus has done in our own lives and in our midst, can't we? Yeah, have we seen that? Have we seen God move? Yeah? We've seen lives changed? 
Yeah, we have. I'm so there's some people here who uh, it's happened recently, and that is amazing. When we come to this church, come to BSC, when we say this is our church, we become members of the local church. We come together to be a local outworking of this massive universal church, this universal family of God that goes, you know, all, all believers, whether they're in China, Timbuktu, Afghanistan, Iran, or wherever, we're part of that family. But we here are a local outworking of that. We try to follow the principles of acts in a localized manner. It's good to count yourself a member of the local church. What then does the local church do? do? Well, in Acts, we find, we did a series on this the other year, we find the first church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. The church were devoted to the apostles' teaching, the teaching of the word of God through the apostles. You know, we have that today in, in the Bible. You know, we, in here we have the apostolic teaching uh, of Paul and others and the evangelists. And we've got the uh, you know, badly termed Old Testament scriptures in here, in the Bible, in the Word of God. And as a church, as BFC, we devote ourselves uh, to declaring the message of the Bible together in small groups and, and together publicly on a Sunday morning. Next thing we see is the church, first church were devoted to the fellowship. They were devoted to one another, to the family fellowship of the church, to serving God and one another. There's an interesting bit in Ephesians 5, it won't come up there, but we often miss the fact that the believers are told to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. To who? It says, you're supposed to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another in your worship. We often miss that. And actually part of our act of worship, yeah, we sing to God, we cry out his praises, we declare his goodness. But in singing together, when we bring a word, an encouragement, that's part of our worship as well. We're telling everyone else how great God is. And as we do that, tell each other... We declare his praises and his glory. We're still worshipping him as we're encouraging one another. Declaring his praise edifies this church. Edifies the local body of believers whilst being filled with the spirit. The first church were devoted to the unity of the church and to the spread of the gospel. And as well as this, they're devoted to the breaking of bread. I think there's two sides to this. I think there's a, a sharing of meals together. Um, but there's also that partaking in the Lord's Supper, in that sacrament, often at the same time. You might have a meal and remember the Lord's Supper. And, and, but then other times you might come together like we're going to this morning and just have the Lord's Supper together. We remember the death of Jesus and the new covenant, as well as meeting with God. Let's not lose this. You know, as we come and we take communion together, it's a remembering, yeah, but it's also coming and meeting with God. And that does something amongst us. When we come together as family to share communion, it does something amongst us. That, that, that doing it together, it binds us together. It's, you know, it's declaring what God has done, and we see that outworked here. 
And finally, we read in this bit that they committed themselves to prayer. The first church was built out of a prayer meeting, wasn't it? Yeah, we remember Pentecost and tongues like you know tongues like fire rested on all the believers, and the Holy Spirit was at work. You know, they would regularly pray together for God to make them bold in sharing the gospel. We read that later on in Acts as well. As a church, you know, we meet to pray every week. And once a month in the evening. They're great times uh, of meeting with God. We know as well as this, they didn't just, you know, come together in, on one time a week in a temple sort of setting. They did that, yeah, Absolutely. Um, but we know they met in homes as well. They went home, went around people's houses. Um, you know, intimate times together as a, as a smaller gathering of believers, a smaller family within a family, as it were. And they're like intimate times of praise, prayer, and proclaiming the good news of Jesus. As well as that, they met in the homes, but they, did, they still did the temple stuff as well. They still met together publicly in a more open space. Um, again, for praise, prayer, and proclaiming the goodness of Jesus and, and preaching. Later on in that passage in Acts as well, we read they had all things in common. There wasn't a needy person among them. Where there was need, it was met. Where there were fields to be shared, they were shared. Where homes were needed for meeting, they were opened. Some fields were even sold so the proceeds could be given to the work of the fellowship and the wider church in growing the kingdom work and influence. paints a picture for me of a family coming together, the people of God coming together as brothers and sisters. Yeah, family fellowship shares the good things together. We share the stories of, of God breaking through in buying houses. We share the good things. And we, we weather the tough times as well. The church, family fellowship weathers tough times and grows together. They sacrifice for each other. When someone in my family goes through hardship, we do what we can to help them out. You know, if we can help, we will. And so it is with the blueprint for the church. We should be helping one another. We are free to help one another. You know, Billingshurst Family Church is a family church not because it's full of families, though God has blessed us with loads of them. Instead, it's a family. Billingshurst Family Church is a family. We are a family. And I think, you know, it's not, you know, this isn't a beating down session. This is, actually, I think we're a pretty good family. I think we look out for each other. I think when there's need, we gather and we pray. You know, even if, you know, I remember uh, a time when we were praying and um, Rue went to work in the morning and said, can't, 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 uh, can't stay at the minute, I've got to go to a prayer meeting, I'll be back soon. And went, so she went to work, told her boss, and then went and prayed. You know, amazing. Amazing, you know, and that's what a good family does. You know, they drop things for each other, yeah? And that's what we do. We do that. I've seen that happen, and I'm, I'm so blessed by it. As with any family, though, there's always things that need working on. There's always things um, that need addressing. You know, I learn more and more week by week in my own family with Karen and the boys and Oscar, uh, our dog, that things, things don't settle down. They keep changing. New needs arise. New shoes need buying, and they're expensive. Um, new lessons need to be taught, and the dog always needs walking. There's always work to be done in a family. 
There's reliance as well in a family, isn't there? You know, Karen and I couldn't do a lot of the stuff that we do if it wasn't for the grandparents coming, uh, helping us to train our kids and, and looking after them when we can't be around for whatever reason. Um, family goes beyond the immediate mum, dad, and, and, and kids. Families need the older generations as well. Not necessarily biologically related, but we need the older generations to help raise children the right way. We need help from those who have trod the path before. But families also need the brothers and sisters. They need the aunts and the uncles to help teach and engage the kids, especially those without kids of their own. You know, in the Gale house, we'd really struggle to do what we need to do if it wasn't for an adopted auntie helping us out regularly, of looking after and helping raise the boys. Maybe not my best person to have ever quoted, but Hillary Clinton <laughs> quoted an African truism when she said, it takes a village to raise a kid. I think a better reading is actually it takes a family to raise a child. It's just that our definition of family is too narrow. The church is charged with a great commission. Go, make disciples. And the whole church is responsible for making that happen, for the raising of disciples. We're responsible for one another in this family, for our growth, for our walks with God, and for our engagement in the family of God and the fellowship. We're told, go, make disciples. And before we, we look at how we might do that at BFC and how we might fulfill that great commission together, I want us to consider the value that God puts on the family fellowship. You know, as a, as a, as a pastor, as a, an elder, I'll always push for us to be reaching out. I always push for that. And reaching out to the community of Billingshurst as well as wherever you might be day to day. And reaching out with the love of God and the message of the kingdom. I'd always push for us to not forget the poor both in spirit and practical need. But there's an interesting part of the letter to the Galatians that I think we need to take hold of and remember. In Galatians 6, 10, uh, 6 9 to 10, it says this, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. And the important bit, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. We should absolutely make sure we look outside. Yeah, absolutely look to be reaching this community of God's love and his gospel and the kingdom. But we should especially do good to those who hold the faith in this church as well as to other believers. It's key for us as a church. We get grumpy at each other, we get frustrated but we must always remember to do good to one another. Even though we might get frustrated sometimes. We all need to consider how we treat one another day to day. Let's be a people who seek the good of one another in all that we say and do to each other. Paul implies that as we do good to one another, we'll reap reward in due season. Maybe in this life, don't know, maybe not, but we certainly will when we behold his face, when we meet Jesus face to face. As we look to making disciples, let us remember to do good to one another as we do that. So you might be asking, okay, how, okay Craig, you know, you've said all this stuff, you know, how do I do that? How, how, how do I, what's my role? Well, I've got a few ways we can do that. Um, you know, firstly, we can join in and engage in worship. 
As you'll remember, I said, and there were some funny-looking faces looking back at me, that we're told to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to one another as part of our worship. And one way we can do good to the church family is to engage in worship. It's far better for us to engage in worship than it is for us to consume in worship. It's not a time of receiving. It's a time of declaring his praises and his goodness. When we're bold and sing out or we bring a scripture or a prophecy, we help others to worship. When we sing with the rest of the church, we edify the body in this place. And so we can get an idea of why it's good for us to engage in worship. I've asked Rachel to come and share some of her vision for worship at BFC. Good morning, everyone. Um, So, yeah, Craig's asked me to prepare a few things. Um, So I've written a few notes. Um, So worship, as we know, is part of our everyday lives, and we should be shining the love of the Lord through everything that we do. So the challenge for us to grow as a family in worship is to come to church ready and prepared to worship, like Craig just mentioned here. Um, So my thoughts are to be praying in the upcoming weeks um, for the Sunday that's coming and discovering what God is speaking to you about and what he's putting on your heart. Maybe you could pray in the car on the way to church or the walk, whatever you do, on the Sunday morning. Or maybe get to church a little bit early and go to the 9.30 prayer meeting. If you prepare your heart to hear from the Lord, you'll be ready to share when he speaks. So another challenge, which Craig's touched on, is to be a role model to the younger generation. So Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So most of our kids here at BFC have been dedicated And at the dedication service, we all announce loudly and proudly that we will help support the child growing up in the Christian faith. So one way we can do this is through our actions in worship. So worship is a time where people can open their eyes to behold God and use the spiritual gifts that he's given us and have the boldness and the confidence to share these with the anchor in the church. We want to become a family rich in the gifts of the Spirit, desiring to seek new gifts and seeking the Lord and learning to discern his voice. But this isn't just going to happen unless we step into possibly slightly the uncomfortable place for some people. But we may not always get it right, but we're not going to grow as a church if we stay the same and don't go boldly where he's calling us and share confidently what he speaks to us. What's the worst that could happen? (laughs) We are all different and we're all worship in different ways, and that's okay. But don't let your inhibitions hold you back. So in, as a church family, let's strive for worship as it is in heaven. Let's not settle for mediocre worship. Let's declare loudly and proudly, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. Awesome. We're on board. <laughs> so let's get on board with where God is leading us each week. And let's be all in, ready to contribute and share. And let's get excited about where he's taking us. Thank you, Yeah, thank you, Rach. That's really good. It's good for us to worship, isn't it? Yeah? It's good to come in here ready to sing his praises, because he's worthy of it, isn't he? Yeah? You know, as we come, we prepare in the weeks in advance, you know, in the week or in the morning, he's worthy of that little bit of time, isn't he? He's worthy of so much more, but he's worthy of that moment of prayer. Like, God, how do you want to use me this morning? What do you want to say through me? Help me to declare your praise. Help me to sing how good you are. It's a good thing. Another way for us to do good to one another 
and to help in making disciples, which isn't like the one-off act. You, know, you don't make a disciple by going, right, we're going to pray this special prayer, and you pray the prayer, and you go, hey, you're, you're, you're now a disciple of Jesus. Have fun. That's, that's not how it works, is it? No? It's the ongoing work of helping and encouraging other believers to keep following the way of Jesus. That's what it is. And that's what it is to help disciple in the church. Yeah? We come alongside each other. We keep working alongside each other. But one of the ways we can do that is to help disciple the children at BFC. And I've asked, I've asked Claire uh, to come and share her vision for, for LiveWise, and she'll say something briefly about Bright Sparks as well. Claire, yeah. Hi, guys. I thought then I was going to have to do it with Emily on sleeping on me, but thankfully, it's okay. <laughs> so I'm Claire. I lead LiveWise, if you don't know already, which is the primary aged group at church. We've got 40 children on our register at the moment. Yeah, 40. It's massive, isn't it? <laughs> we get roughly about 25 each week. We have up, gone up to 32, so it's getting big, uh, which is great. Um, so yeah, I just think it's really, really important that we remember that our children are just as valuable to Jesus as our grown-ups. And so I really want our kids' work to be quality and to be good. This is church. They're may, I mean, obviously, they're, they're part of our family worship at first, but this is church for them. So it's really important. So, um, yeah, sorry, I've lost my bit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my desire for LiveWise is, first of all, that they learn about God. So each week we have a key truth um, a simple key truth, hopefully, that they can grab hold of. And we have memory verse that they can take home and learn that Bible verse. Um, so they can hopefully remember that for the rest of their lives. I know I remember some from when I was at, in Sunday school when I was little. Um, and also, many of them, just because they come from church families, a lot of them do, doesn't mean that they're Christians already. And so actually, it's a really important time for them to come and perhaps cross, that, cross over that line and become Christians uh, so it's evangelistic every week, so it's really, really important that they, they come. And so exciting for us as team to be part of that, that these kids might be becoming Christians while we're leading that session. It's really, really exciting. Um, the second thing is that they grow in their love and their passion for God. I really want to have, you know, a group of children that are strong in their faith and they love Jesus for themselves, not just because their parents do, but they love Jesus and they grow up having that strong faith right from a young age. I think it's really important. Um, thirdly, that they, they encounter God. I think Sunday school historically used to be that. It used to be school, really. And they come and they get knowledge about God. And it's easy to slip into doing that and it's going to learn about God. But I want them to have encounter with God. In our adult service, we have a talk from the Bible, but we also have times of um, Holy Spirit encounter. We have prayer times, worship times, ministry times when we are meeting with Jesus, we're hearing from Jesus. And I want that for our kids as well. So I want there to be prayer times that they're really engaging with God and worship times where they're worshiping from their heart, not just singing songs because they're fun. Um, and they're you know, having times to grow in their spiritual gifts because they can have them too. <laughs> and, uh, and for that to then spill out in our family worship as well. I know sometimes we've had the children come up at the beginning and share a Bible verse or pray or a picture or something from God. But I would love to see that more and more for our kids. Um, and also just for it to be really fun. We do games and they win sweets and it's lots of fun. <laughs> Rachel's laughing because she's been there. And it's just lo it's, yeah, it's lots of fun. I want them to want to come on a Sunday and to invite their friends along 
as well. That would be great. So my LiveWise team, we've got some really great leaders, which is great. And we've got some great helpers as well. But I would love more helpers that are really dedicated to LiveWise, that, that love the kids, see the vision, and want to really serve them. Uh, so, for example, Colin, he's not actually here, but <laughs> I'll embarrass him. So Colin's a dedicated helper in LiveWise. He's there an awful lot. Um, I don't think he serves on any other team. And the kids know that. They know that he's committed to them. They really like him. He's got a good relationship with them because he's there regularly. And they all want to be on his team. He knows how to win. So I think, <laughs> I think he's there a lot and he knows how to win and they want to be on his team. And th they just see that commitment and that, um, I think that's really important. So I would love some more helpers that are really you know, passionate for kids and to see them grow to be dedicated to our LiveWise team so, so that we can give them the best. Claire, thank you, Claire. Oh, it's good to see some passion in it. Yeah. Claire does a great job looking after our, our, our primary age kids. Uh, Dan does a great job looking after our youth. And Liz is looking after, with Rachel, looking after Bright Sparks. Um, and uh, it's, it's good to be able to disciple one another, isn't it? It's good to help each other, good to support each other, good to share God's goodness, um, especially with our young people, our young children. Um, there's an interesting thing that, that, that Claire said, and it's something I want us to adopt as a church. You know, this isn't the main meeting. This isn't the main meeting. This isn't where the main important stuff happens. You know, this is the adults' meeting. You know what? Our hope and prayer is that God meets with us here. Our hope and prayer is that he meets with us, our kids, in the standing room, in the council chambers, and uh, in the meeting room down the end as well in the youth. Um, yeah. Let's be a church that serves one another. Let's disciple the children in our midst. Another way we can get caught up in the discipleship uh, as part of the church family is to consider that family picture again. If we consider Titus 2, I won't quote the whole thing due to time, but have a read of it. Have a read of it. I'm going to write a blog post on it this week, so it'll be online. Um, but it's an image of maturing Christians taking on the role of raising up the younger in faith. Both the, the elder in oversight, and Titus, is being told to you know, help the, the older men and, and the, the younger guys. Um, and it says in there about the, the, the older women raising up the younger women, you know, and how to look after their families. And, uh, get, you know, and I see that further than that. It's not just families. It's like getting involved in here and bringing words and pictures. And I think... It's training younger people in the ways of God. Um, have a read of the passage this week and say it'll be some bits on the blog. Um, but when I consider this kind of discipleship, where there are people being charged with looking after people, charged with raising others up, um, you know, it, it, shows a, uh, it shows older men taking interest in raising up younger men. I see older women actively training and raising up Younger women. You see, I think older folk have a tough time in the media. Now, most of the time when older people are revered in the media, it's because they're doing things that, that the media think only younger people should be doing. 95-year-old man goes skydiving. That'd make, make the paper, wouldn't it? Elderly lady goes water skiing. You know... <laughs> As, as great as that might seem, I'm not sure that's, that's what we want. It's not mature, that's true. 
But what, what this does, when the media does this, it builds up this lie that we should all seek to stay as young for as long as possible. In reality, I think as we get older, we should certainly seek to be healthy. Yeah, we should see, be looking after ourselves. Like what Peter said this morning about exercising faith you know, and exercising our bodies as well. We know we exercise our bodies. We look after ourselves. But we, as we get older, we shouldn't seek to be younger. With age and experience, usually comes wisdom. You know, I love the older folk at BFC. And, I, and just to be clear, I class everyone older than me as older folk. Um, <laughs> But, but, and left unchecked, I'm sure I'd continue to do so as I get older. But importantly, those who have been Christians the longest have had the longest walks with God. They're the ones who have spent the years leaning on God and walking in things the Holy Spirit. You who are older, and I mean this earnestly, please don't ever consider this church too young. The younger Christians need you. They need guiding in the ways of God. They need help raising their children in the ways of the Lord. And they need your wisdom. As such, it seems to me, we're a church of mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, sons and daughters. As a disciple-making church, we need to recognise our roles and be excited to take them on. I was chatting to Caroline a couple of weeks ago about this, and she totally got it. I was saying like, how much she's a mother to some people in the church. Yeah, she can often be a mother to people in the church. And sometimes she's like a mother to me as well. You know? And I, I mean that in a really good way. <laughs> Genuinely, in a really good way. Because there's, there's, there's an authority that she has as a mother. Yeah? And, and so sometimes when she's being like a spiritual mother to someone, it's like when she does it to me, it's like I become the son all of a sudden. But then there's other days where we might talk and we're chatting away and I, I take on the role of a father. I'm like, you know, you need, to, you need to be careful with this. Watch what you're doing. And then she becomes the daughter. They're not fixed roles. But most of the time, we're just a brother and sister looking out for each other and trying to help the other grow in the way of Jesus. You know, as a church, I see this circle, this cycle of parent, sibling, and child as a flexible thing that changes from one conversation to another, even on a Sunday morning. Even today, when we go out for coffee in a bit, you might find that one minute you're, you're bringing a, um, some sort of parental love to someone who's newer in the faith to you. And then the next minute, you might have someone coming to you saying, look, brother, just seen this, watch out. It changes. It's adjustable. It's flexible. And that is going to hit our pride. You're either positively, yes, I am most certainly a father of the church. (laughs) Or negatively, what do they think they're saying that to me for? But a humble people are always ready to give wisdom to those who need it. It takes humility to do that. The humble people are ready to receive wisdom when they need it. We're a disciple-making church, so let's be humble in giving and receiving that discipleship. Jesus gave the church a mission to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. 
But he didn't leave the church to work out on their own how to carry out that mission in their own strength. He didn't go, right, guys, have fun, see you later. He equipped the first church. And just as he equipped the first church with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, he equips us today in the same way. He sends us the comforter, the helper, the guide, the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us. Our bodies, temples of the presence of God. The old temple is gone and the temple rebuilt in the believer. What a thing for us to consider. Just can I invite you? Let's all stand. Don't worry, I'm going to ask you to sit down again in a moment. But I want you to look around. I want you to look around and make eye contact with people in this place. All right? Acknowledge them. See them. Because everyone in this place is made in the image of God. Yeah? We are created in his image. Consider again those in the church family who are believers. Not only are they the image bearers of God, but they're also the temple of the Holy Spirit. God in us. Just look around again. Consider that. Yeah? God is in this place because he is in you and you are in this place. All right, take your seats. Well done, guys. We are God's dwelling place. Where we are, God is. Where we are, the kingdom breaks through. If we're God's image bearers and further still, the dwelling place of God, the Holy Spirit, we should do good to one another, yeah? In fact, being around one another does us good. And I think it's amazing that we have the privilege to do good to one another. When we serve one another well, we serve God well. We serve the church family, not an organization, but a family. We're serving God. We're worshiping God in doing that. As we look after each other, that's part of our act of worship. As we encourage one another to sing out, we, that's worshiping God. What a privilege and an opportunity. I know these have been up for a little while, um, but there's a few ways that we can respond this morning. You know, we can choose to engage more wholeheartedly in worship. It's our time of singing our praises to God, and it's our time to encourage one another in praising him. As we step out in singing, in speaking out scriptures, in sharing in a spiritual language or a prophecy that edifies the church, as we actively encourage those alongside us to worship God, that too is an act of worship. With the worship leader standing up here saying, guys, let's dance. Yeah, you know, that's, an act, that's part of our worship, that, that, that encouraging one another. When someone comes up to you and says, oh, I think, has God, got, has God got a word through you this morning? Has God want you to bring something? When they do that, they're worshipping God because they're encouraging you to edify the body. As we do that, it's encouraging one another and bringing praise to him. Secondly, we can serve our church family, the family fellowship. And as I've said, a couple of great ways to do that in either the kids' groups or elsewhere. But let's be a church that recognizes this isn't about us individually, but a family that needs discipling from the very oldest to the very youngest. 
Thirdly, do good to all, especially the fellowship. Humbly disciple one another. Encourage each other to fight the good fight, to run the race to the end. And home groups are a great place for loving encouragement and discipleship. And let me encourage you, if you're not involved or not not able to make it along regularly, make it a priority. It really matters. It's good for you. It's good for the church that you're there. So what is a family? It's a group of people who are tied together for the welfare of one another. What's it for? It's the place to love, honour and protect one another and to share, encourage in sharing those values with the world around us. It's good to be a part of the family. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for Billingshurst Family Church. Lord, I remember when I, I first turned up and we were so welcomed and encouraged and built into this fellowship and how good that was. And I thank you, Lord God, that that's the plan you've got for this church, that we'd be that family, that family of believers in this place. So I pray, Lord God, you'd help us to be humble, help us to see where um, you want us to be moving in. And, you know, whether we're older folk, Lord, help us to see those people you want us to be coming alongside. If we're being like brothers and sisters to each other, Lord, help us to do that well. And as sometimes we take that discipline, discipling, Lord, help us to be humble, ready to hear, and ready to trust you in response. Yeah, Lord, let us be a real family in this place. Let us be a real outworking of the family of God in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.